I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe hanging out here at the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, real quick, an update overseas in the traditional football. We have Wales taking on Ukraine in the European qualifier to get to the World Cup. The winner of this match will actually face the United States November 21st in the U.S.'s first World Cup match. Right now, Wales leads 1-0 at halftime. Any uh, World Cup betting for you here, James? You get a little action no, on, the, de- on the other football? No, even if I was betting right now without a break, it's soccer is definitely, we talked about having a, a range and what's in your sports betting lane and soccer does not fall within my sports betting lanes kind of, it's relatively wide, but it does mm-hmm. not include soccer. Yeah, I, the Euros were a, it was a fun betting experience for me last summer. Absolutely knocked it out the park there with Italy 12 to 1 to win the Euros. They cashed for me via Zuri, but they did not qualify for the World Cup, surprisingly enough. Let's get back to the American football, the football that we know better here on Betting Across America. And I wanted to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, James, because this is a team that we talked about early in the offseason. And you're bullish on them. You mentioned that you have the plus 350 ticket on the Eagles to win the NFC East. You can't find anywhere close to that now. In the market right now, the Eagles at BetMGM plus 190. They appear to be the team of the offseason in the NFC. A lot of folks bullish on what they've been able to do with the player acquisitions they made in free agency and through the draft here. But I'm not sure if you caught this earlier this week. Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni kind of talking about the way they approach the offseason team activities, the OTAs. And the Eagles are almost kind of taking a load management perspective of this and not really going pedal to the metal here early on in this offseason. Is that something as a better that you pay attention to when a team is kind of easing off the gas and more so putting an emphasis on trying to stay healthy to get to training camp and to the regular season? Well, I mean, they don't – this is – this is football NFL 2022. This is not the old days where you had two a days and guys are doing, you're having 6 a.m. practices and then coming back in the afternoon, fully padded all day, each and every time out there. Now it's such limited contact, hardly even practice in pads anymore. So it's, I don't think it's just the Eagles. I think that's kind of the, that's the, that's where the NFL has gone to try to load management in your sense and not prevent, you know, and prevent injuries. Although I, for some teams, it doesn't think about the Ravens. That sure didn't help. 
about them yeah. last year. Guys were just going down, and that happens, right? I think they, these guys have just got – it's incredible. I think the one thing that, that – television, when we watch football games on television, same with the NHL too, it's a totally different sport in person. You don't recognize the speed of the game on television for either hockey or the NFL. These guys are so big, so fast, such tremendous athletes that – you know, but the knees don't get stronger. They didn't all yeah. of a sudden build, rebuild knees. You know, this is this is not Steve Austin and, and $6 million <laughs> knees in here. These We're still building, and I think that torque on there really has issues with guys getting hurt. But uh, So for me, I, I think that's kind of commonplace now that teams are just not going to be – you're not going to win a, a Super Bowl during during June in OTAs or even during training camp at this point. It's a longer season. Now you've had an extra game. So as far as factoring that into the handicap, I think that's the right move for these teams to do. And I think most teams are, are taking that approach. Yeah, looking at the Eagles' betting profile here, and we have all their odds laid out here. Their win total sitting at 9.5. That's now juiced to the over. I believe it opened 8.5 earlier this offseason. Mm -hmm. So that's more of the market getting in on this Philadelphia Eagles team. The unders at plus 105 there. To make the playoffs, Philadelphia minus 175. But in the plus money markets to win the NFC East, like I outlined, plus 190. To win the NFC 14 to 1, 28 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I bet the 50 to 1 here at the South Point to win the Super Bowl last month here. I'm with you. I'm bullish on this Eagles team. I think they have a pretty good path to possibly get a number one seed given the schedule, but all our bets aside, looking at this right now, because there's folks that are listening who don't have a bet on the Eagles and probably wondering, hey, what should I put down on the Eagles, if anything? Do you see a valuable, valuable bet on the board here, given the prices for Philly right now as we sit on June 5th? No, I don't. I, I think the number's been missed. So you talked about. It. I do have. I don't. I don't have three fifty. I do have plus three hundred yeah, on plus the Eagles. Plus three hundred to win the Eagle, or for the Eagles to win the NFC East. Obviously, now it's plus one ninety. I can't recommend something where I got it at three dollars, and now it's uh, even a shade under two dollars. But the reason why I like the Eagles, and I did this. I, I made that play. Before the draft and before mm -hmm. they actually got Brown, I've, I'm going back and reverting back to last year of the change in uh, offensive philosophy and identity of that team midway through the season. And and we just heard about this the other day, but I remember seeing that last year. Now, I, was, I wasn't aware of how the play calling duties uh, were going with the Eagles at the time and the change in the play calling duties going from Nick Sirianni. And I think it probably happened after that loss there in you're down the street from you in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium against the Raiders uh, where they just they got they got it handed to them. I remember that game all the money was coming in on the Eagles and up to that point those first seven games and it was really interesting that with Sirianni I think calling those plays it was a very pass happy offense Hertz was averaging 35 pass attempts through those first seven games and it was not obviously was not very effective definitely not effective in that game against the Las Vegas Raiders but after that loss this team complete did an in-season a mid-season makeover for that offensive identity they have a tremendous offensive line it's a really physical and a veteran offensive line for the most part there in Philadelphia and they have a deep backfield as well as we know Hertz can run the football too but it's a very deep backfield you got a number of different parts that can come at you with power with speed get around the corner and the edges and run through run between the tackles and they changed their offensive identity to be a run heavy offense and that's exactly what they did the next eight games for Hertz, he only averaged 23 pass attempts as opposed to the 35 that they were doing and then they started pounding the football on teams they averaged rushing the ball 39 times per game for nearly 200 yards per game when they made that switch so obviously i think that switch was correlated with Shane Steichen becoming the – he was the offensive coordinator in name, but he became the play caller. That's what they're going to do going forward. So I just – maybe it's part of me that just really likes old-school football because it's this is still – and I know that all these creative sets and the speed of the game and it's a pass-happy league and all the rules favor the passing game, but this still it, – it's football. This can still be an alpha male type of game where it's, hey, we're going to line up and we're going to be tougher than you and push you around at the point of attack. And that's what Philly decided to do last year offensively. And teams just aren't built for that anymore. Yeah. You don't practice through it. They don't tackle. 
tackle through it. It's just the physicality on the defensive side has kind of been lost, obviously because you don't have a lot of padded practices and a lot of contact within the practice. But you're you're getting diff your DBs are getting faster and smaller to try mm -hmm. to contend with the speed that they're seeing on the outside. And so a team that changes their mind and says, you know what, we're just going to beat the hell out of you for four quarters. Uh, it's it's hard to start to try to find adjustments to that because your team and your roster on the defensive side are just not built and that not that kind of they don't have that kind of stout up front to contend with that. Yeah, and I couldn't have said it any better right there. Going against the grain in today's NFL with every every single defense mm -hmm. designed to stop Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs or Josh Allen and the Bills, all the linebackers even, not just like the safeties, the linebackers are all smaller knowing that the emphasis now for linebackers is to cover. It's no longer to fill gaps and stop the run. The teams that end up doing that, especially when you talk about any week-to-week -week preparation standpoint, we always talk about this on the GM Shuffle, which folks, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. But I talked about this with Michael Lombardi here, our resident GM at VEASAN, and he always says that this Eagles offense is difficult to prepare for on a week-to-week -week basis because you don't see another offense like this in the NFL. Yeah. That can be tricky for teams to have to and it could give us an edge as betters betting on this team from a week-to-week -week standpoint that was one of the reasons why I thought you saw the market last season consistently you could set your watch to it on a late Saturday or early Sunday morning money coming in heavy on the Philadelphia Eagles if you wanted to bet on them you better have done it earlier in the week and if you wanted to bet against them you could have waited until kickoff because you knew the line was always going to move in their favor and that's just because of how difficult it is to prepare for this team now with that being said the question mark about the Eagles for a lot of people is their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. 16 touchdown passes, nine interceptions last year, 61% of his passes he completed. Hurts is now 25 to 1 to win MVP over at BetMGM. Now, I think that's a lot of the market being bullish on the team's overall success versus what Hurts might do individually. But do you think Hurts can take another step here in 2022? Not to be the MVP of the league, but I think as far as this the system goes now, that it's going to be run heavy, and it's you're going to have teams that are going to have to adjust, you're going to have to have a, a box safety to try to adjust to the running game from the Philadelphia Eagles. And what does that mean now? We already know you got second. Now it'll be a second-year player, Devontae Smith, tremendous speed, being able to to take make some big shots down the field. But now with Brown coming over from Tennessee, he's going to be that guy that will do all the dirty work. He's a very physical receiver, not afraid to catch the ball between the hash marks. And so that what is the running game going to be able to open? up for Hertz to where it's going to be third and short situations for one most likely and then it's not going to be all and not everything's going to fall on his shoulders to have to make all the precise throws plus he has the ability to escape out of the pocket and make plays with his feet so yeah I think from a defensive standpoint having to go in and prepare for this Eagles team they're they're going to be outside of Hertz and his youth and his lack of and really his lack of uh, consistently being able to target receivers uh, but his receivers now are this a huge upgrade bringing Brown over there because he's going to be able to hit some of those easier throws in the middle of the field as long as Hurts is not afraid to make those throws and doesn't lock in on him as well. Uh, I think he has a step, uh, he has the ability to take a step up, but it's not because of what he's going to do for himself personally. It's because this offense has only gotten better, not only with the addition of A.J. Brown Smith becoming another year older, but I think the bigger piece is that this team knows who they're going to be coming into 2022. They made that mm -hmm. mid-season adjustment from being a pass-happy team to a physical run-first team depth in the backfield. I think that's going to be the identity going forward. Why would If it's not broke, don't fit, Don't try to fix it. This worked well last year. I suspect we'll see that, and I think Hurts will be able to flourish because it's not all the pressure on him to have to make plays each and every possession. And I think the adjustment that they made midseason is really why I'm bullish on this team. They're showing that they have an ability to adjust and to a self-evaluate, which not a lot yes. of teams do in the NFL. They could have easily just said, we're going to keep passing. and It's not working. We're going to blame Jalen Hurts and try to find another quarterback. They said, instead of blaming Jalen Hurts, let's try to win with Jalen Hurts. And they were able to do that making the playoffs. On the other side, a couple of retirements earlier this week in the NFL. We'll talk about them next year on Betting Across America. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is time now to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week as well. So visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. So please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, it is June, so we started to get some of these veterans that decided, you know what, it's been a fun run. This NFL thing has paid me handsomely, but it's time to hang them up. We have two guys that decided that one, quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, our favorite journeyman, and then running back Frank Gore. We'll start with Fitzpatrick. And I want to start with you. If you have any betting memories of betting on or against Ryan Fitzpatrick, because as we know as betters and NFL viewers in general, he was either Fitz magic or Fitz tragic. <laughs> Do you have a favorite memory with Fitz? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if a, a memory in particular, but bet the over anytime Fitz magic was going to be out there <laughs> playing, whether he was throwing the ball and making wild throws. I think what was so fun about Fitzpatrick was he was fearless. He mm-hmm. was not afraid. Number one, not afraid to stand in the pocket and take a hit. Dude took a lot of hits in his career, but not afraid to thread the ball. He was going to make plays down the field. He wasn't – this was not – this was not checked down Charlie by any means. He was, he was a gunslinger, He and he knew it. I think he bounced – I mean, how many teams did he play for? Nine? There's nine teams. Nine teams. You know, I didn't realize that he played – he played 17 years in the league. I didn't realize he played that long, probably because he just never had a consistent home. I think my most memories are when he was playing with the Jets in some of those wild games in the AFC East. But but I think for Fitzpatrick, I, I always respected the fact that, yeah, you weren't going to go in and be a Super Bowl contender with Fitzpatrick as your quarterback, but he sure was a lot of fun to watch. And I loved his, not only his competitiveness, but his fearlessness out there as a quarterback, not only to be physical and be tough guy in the pocket and take those hits, hold on to the ball to that very last second to, to fire that ball up, but to make thread throws and make throws down the field, Mm -hmm. just not playing, you know, if you're, you can't play with fear in anything that you do. And, and for Fitzpatrick, I think he just always felt like maybe he was ha- with being with house money out there in the NFL. I'm going to take my shot. I'm not afraid. And let's get after it. He was, a, he was so much fun to watch. 
Yeah, well, the house paid really well because he made $82 million over his 17-year yeah, career for, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. We have the graphic up showing all the teams that he played with, the many faces of Fitzpatrick there throughout his NFL career. To me, one of the moments that always stands out to me, it wasn't a against-the-spread bet. It was a survivor pool week one, and I picked the Saints, of course, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2018. Fitzpatrick, get this, James, his line, 21 of 28, 417 yards and four touchdowns, averaging 15 yards per attempt in that game. That Saints team, oh, by the way, happened to go into the NFC title game. They lost to the Rams in that famous pass interference no-call game or whatever. But that was an excellent Saints team, and he carved them to pieces there. Week one being a wacky week oftentimes in the NFL. Fitzpatrick right in the heart of it. So that was me being knocked out of a survivor pool before uh, 1.30 p.m. Pacific time here with that being an early kickoff game. But one of the most memorable moments, James, from Fitzpatrick, because he had a lot of them in the NFL. I mean, the Dolphins Raiders game when he made the no look pass there in the second half late in that game here at Allegiant Stadium. But to me, there was a game that he played. And afterwards, at a press conference, Fitzpatrick came in with a very colorful outfit, one from a former teammate. And here is the press conference clip from Fitzpatrick on that day. Hey, DJ. I got like two more because DJ needs his stuff back. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, you mean I I borrowed your stuff? Sorry. Yeah, I borrowed your stuff. Sorry, Deshaun. What is yours? Is any of that yours or is that? The chest hair is mine. And that just goes to show you what kind of personality this guy is. And it translated to how he played on the field. They're almost coming in wearing all of Deshaun Jackson's clothes, like a Conor McGregor look there with the beard. And the I was gonna say, going to say, I thought on. that was Conor McGregor for a second when I looked at it. I don't have a big screen here, so I couldn't see it. Great. I was like, is that Conor McGregor? Did we get the wrong clip up there? Yeah. I, I, well, I think that's what's so interesting about Fitzpatrick. And yeah, he never really found a home being bouncing around as much as he did. I think most teams knew that you, you're going to have a, a, a gamer back there at the quarterback spot for one, uh, but he's also somebody that was a good teammate. So coming in and th- there's you know there's the chemistry that happens on the field as far as a quarterback and his receivers and his offensive line, etc. But then there's also chemistry that needs to happen within that locker room. And even though he had short stints in so many uh, so many franchises that he bounced around from, I don't think you're going to find anybody that had bad things to say about him from a chemistry standpoint because guys respected him because they knew he was going to go out there and give his absolute best effort each and every game. You know you know when guys are dogging it. Players know. I mean it's you're sacrificing your body week in and week out in the National Football League, and players know when guys are not putting it out there. And if they are, and they have, in a sense, a quarterback that's that is not doing that, not being a leader, there's not a lot of respect that goes for there. And I think the fact that he played uh, with such, yeah, kind of reckless for sure at times, but not afraid to go, go compete and, and take shots and take hits. Tough, one of the tough guys out there at the quarterback spot. I think teammates definitely respected that, and that really lended to good chemistry with in the locker room. Yeah, he's got a really good personality. Sounds like his next venture will be joining us media folks. Uh, there's some w- reports out there saying that he might be joining the Amazon NFL coverage there. So we'll see what's in store next year for Ryan Fitzpatrick in his next life now that he has hung him up on the field. The other guy who retired this week was running back Frank Gore. Frank Gore, for a running back especially, played a long career, 15 yes. years, rather 16 years in the NFL for Frank Gore, 16,000 yards rushing. He is the third all all-time leading rusher in NFL history, only behind Emmett Smith and Walter Payton here. And Frank Gore, to me, was just steady Eddie, very consistent, five-time Pro Bowler, 100 touchdowns there, a lot of mileage on those legs there for Frank Gore. But to me, and I want to get your opinion as well on this, I'm not sure if Frank Gore is so destined for Canton, Ohio. Do you think he is a Hall of Famer? Uh, numbers aside, I don't want to look. I, I, I do. I think that he was as tough a running back running between the tackles. He was a he was very patient for one. He would read the hips of his linemen and he would he would understand how and when and let plays and blocking schemes develop. So he wasn't just rushing up there trying to just blast through the line, but he was very patient as a runner, very smart runner mm-hmm. and very physical runner. This wasn't a guy who was looking to go to the sideline. When he was getting the football, he was running between the seams, initiating contact and uh, just 
you just don't see that a whole lot from guys to, to run that type of style and play as long as he did in today's NFL. And I know he started way back in 2000, 2005, but you, you talk about, we talk about his durability, hardly missed any games during that extended NFL career and came in to the NFL having blown out his, in a sense, his left tire twice. He blew out his ACL twice in two years rolling into the NFL from Miami. So uh, I think for me, there's something personal. I always have an affinity for guys that go have to go through knee surgeries and come back and somebody like Frank Gore with the style that he played with. And he was just the guy who just put his head down. Wasn't a flashy guy. And maybe that's it. Folks think about all these other guys that are very demonstrative when they, when they make plays and score. It wasn't about look at me. It was about look at us as a team and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to help our team win, get those tough yards, take those big hits, and keep fighting through that. To me, absolutely. Not only for the, the longevity that he had in this league, he's got really good numbers too, but the longevity he had in this league and the style that he ran with, absolutely the toughness that he showed. When it comes to if there was a toughness Hall of Fame, Frank Gore's at the top of the list. Yeah, he has a fantastic running style, low center of gravity. It's kind of how I love those running backs. He had always great leverage, really good vision like you outlined. Mm -hmm. Tough as hell there. Most yes. games played as a running back, which is a really impressive feat. My only thing is to why I don't think he's a Hall of Famer necessarily. And then, and I, I'll be honest, I'm a very tough Hall of Fame critic. I'd be the guy that votes two people into the Hall of Fame per class just because I think it should be for the elite of the elite of the elite. To me, Frank Gore never being a first-team All-Pro is one of the biggest reasons why I don't think I would ever put him in the Hall of Fame, just because he was never one of the top one or two running backs for a given season in the NFL, despite what the numbers say collectively with him being the third all-time leading rusher. Only one season with double-digit rushing touchdowns as well. Now, granted, he played earlier in his career on some 49ers teams that weren't so great, so oftentimes they'd be trying to pass to get back into the football games here. But I just think that... For the Hall of Fame, I want a guy that's like like an Emmett Smith, like a Walter Payton, like a Barry Sanders, or an Adrian Peterson who will eventually get to the Hall of Fame when he officially decides to hang him up there. He played last season, which is kind of crazy to even think about there. That's why I think I would hold off. I think he's a Ring of Honor guy. Should go to the 49ers Ring of Honor 1,000%. He's a great all-time San Francisco 49er. But as a Hall of Famer to me, I think he just misses out. No, I think he's going to end up getting voted in here because I don't have a vote. The people who vote on this will probably put him in because of what he did as the third all-time leading rusher. But if I was voting, I think I might leave him off my ballot. But don't sue me, guys. Frank Gore is a good player. He's a hell of a player, and I loved watching him play all throughout his career. On the other side, we're going to turn our attention back to the ice because we have a game puck drop coming up in about 90 minutes between the Lightning and Rangers. Evan Klosky, sports director WTSP, will join the show to break down all things game number three. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here for only $39. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well. Not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st, so sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out here at the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. And James, earlier in the show, we were talking all things Rangers Lightning. Game three, the Lightning minus 175 on the money line. The Rangers plus 145. And to help us get ready for that game and discuss it even further, we bring in our guy. He's a sports director over at WTSP in Tampa, Florida. On his way to the game right now to cover it for work. He is... <laughs> Our A1 since day one here on the weekend shows. Evan Klosky, what's going on, buddy? Uh, Femi, it's good to hear from you. And, and not just talking bucks. Now we got some puck in here. <laughs> yeah, from the bucks to the puck. That's how we do it here with Tampa Bay being a title town USA, at least as of recent. But to start off here, Evan, what's the number one thing the Lightning need to do to get back into this series? Oh, man, they got to really 
kind of grind their way through this game. I think the one thing that's scary in this series uh, are the odd man rushes and the cross ice pass, uh, passes. So those are two things that the Lightning never give opposing teams. They're so defensively minded when it comes to the playoffs. They're always kind of waiting for you to make the mistakes. But the Rangers kind of feeling themselves a little bit, and not to mention they have a tremendous goalie. So they're able to kind of push and be aggressive and utilize that speed. And the Lightning have been on their heels. So I think they have to take away the middle of the ice, which if they can do that, then they can probably limit most of what the Rangers want to do and how they create their chances. And as long as they just play within themselves, stop turning the puck over, doing things that, you know, forces you to lose game and play patient, you know, great hockey for the Lightning is boring hockey. So you got to win this game 2-1, 3-1 with an empty net or something like that. You can't make it look pretty. You're going to have to make this thing look ugly and just grind through it. Evan, let's talk about the Lightning and their not only their championship medal as of being back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, but I, I kind of look at the first two games in New York and suspect I had some concerns. Game number one, because of the long layoff, because the sweeping Florida way that they did and having a very long layoff before they actually started that oh, conference final against there? the Rangers. Oh. It is, what? what? Did we lose you, Evan? Uh, I'm back. You hear me? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, got you, Evan. Yeah, just wanted to kind of talk about where's the mindset right now for Tampa? Kind of maybe a little bit of flat effort in that first game just because of the long layoff after sweeping Florida and just didn't see this any kind of urgency, I guess, in that game two matchup against the Rangers. First time we've seen back-to-back losses in the playoffs for Tampa in quite a long time. So I wonder if they were kind of resting on those laurels, feeling like, well, we haven't lost back-to-back games. We'll be ready to go. And and obviously the Rangers brought it to them at MSG. Where's the mindset? Set right now, this champion, this championship medal of this team to come back home. You talked about it's got to be ugly hockey, is winning hockey for Tampa. What about on the offensive side here for Tampa to start getting something going? What are we going to see from them on that side of the uh, on that side of the ice? Honestly, offensively, I think they kind of have to do exactly what they've been doing. And I know that sounds crazy because they haven't looked great, but the high danger chances have been there. And Igor has just been doing his job on making tremendous saves at given points. Not to mention, it's funny because I feel like the Rangers are beating the Bolts the way that the Bolts beat the Panthers in the last series. So uh, by saying that is they're blocking pucks. The Panthers were missing goals by inches off the post. And the Lightning have been doing a little bit of that as well, factored in with Igor stepping up and doing what he does best, and that's being a tremendous goalie. But, you know, you go back to game one, they should have been up 3-1 in that contest with the flurry they had. Kudrov misses from point-blank range. Uh, you have Sam Coast going wide from point-blank range, and then, then they turned into kind of sloppy hockey, and that's when things fell apart. And in the other game, what they're kind of leaning on uh, from game two is how, how well they close. So when you're talking about the mentality, they're just trying to gain the momentum from that third period where, honestly, they dominated the Rangers. Now, having said that, the Rangers kind of went into a shell. They were protecting a lead. But that flurry at the end, I mean – one puck goes off the net. Igor makes a great save. Another puck goes wide by inches. Uh, that could have been a 3-3 game. So, I mean, they're right there offensively. This team has been generating a lot of chances, which normally they're kind of a little bit more boring in that regard. So I think that in their heads, they're like, hey, we got to make sure that we're creating these chances responsibly and not just getting excited that we're doing it. So I really think that they just need to focus on their defense, which is something that has – and the main culprit of why they've won back-to-back cups. And as far as their mentality, they're just fine. I mean, I'd love to say that the urgency, uh, that, that they were resting on the fact that they won 18 straight games after a playoff loss, but then we could have used that angle for the last 17 times that they did it, and they still found a way to do it. Their urgency is what makes them great. I'm just a little bit worried that that nine-day layoff and what they've been trying to do, it, they're, they're figuring it out. They're trying to regain their momentum, and I don't know if they're going to have enough time to, to take care of business in this series and, and figure it all the way out. That, that remains to be seen. We're speaking with Evan Klosky, sports director at WTSP in Tampa, Florida. Evan, before the playoffs even started and early on during the Toronto series, we were always talking about how 
the two-time defending champions, they've gone on those big runs the last two years, and that maybe fatigue could be playing in a factor because they played so much hockey over a three-year span. Do you think fatigue is a factor here in this series against the Rangers when you mentioned their speed as well being what's putting the lightning on their heels? Yeah, I think there are a few factors. One, general fatigue probably, though, at the, when we were watching the, the Panthers series, they didn't look fatigued at all. Mm-hmm. But I think... I think getting the engines going, uh, you know, like a, like an old rusty car a little bit, you know, it takes a little while to get that thing cranked up. And for them, being on ice for nine days, yeah, uh, that, that's a problem when these guys, you know, aren't the 22, 23, 24-year-olds that, you know, the Rangers are. They're young, happy, uh, a little bit like the 2015 Bolts who beat the Rangers back in the day. Uh, but also, they're, they're fairly hurt. I mean, Brandon Hagel's playing on one leg. They don't have Braden Point. Those are two of the fastest guys on the team, two guys who would absolutely help them in this series where speed is pivotal, and they don't have them. Uh, you know, so that, that's been a problem as well. Um, I, I really do tend to believe that it has more to do with, A, a matchup problem, and, B, they're just kind of hurting. And John Cooper said after the Panther series about, you know, rest versus rust, like, yeah, that's a worry for me that we might lose our momentum, but – if there was any time we ever needed a break, this is it because so many guys are banged up. And that Panther series, even though they swept them, that Panther series took everything out of them because so many dudes took a puck somewhere they did not want to take it. And they're just kind of reeling from that a little bit. It's one thing when you're going from every other day and you're in a cycle and dealing with that injury. It's another thing when you have that injury, you take a week off, and then you have to start getting back to playing on that injury. It just... It sometimes exacerbates the issue. Well, and with the injuries to Tampa Bay, this is where I feel like they really need Vasilevsky to play at that championship level that we've seen over the last two years. And it's been pretty clear that the Rangers have been attacking him. They've been going top shelf on him, in particular on the stick side. What might we see from some adjustments for from Tampa defensively on that side of the zone to try to limit some of those top shelf, top shelf shots against Vasilevsky tonight? Yeah, I think the only thing is they just gotta they gotta continue to block pucks. That's that's why they swept the Panthers. Is that they were able to block a lot of shots that couldn't get to Vasi, and then when they did break down, Vasi was there to save the day. To an, to an extent, you gotta you gotta trust Vasi being the all world goalie that he is. Uh, you can't you can't start changing uh, your confidence level in Andre Vasilevsky. He's just way too good and has always been there to help you guys out and save this team in desperate moments. Uh, but go back to the first goal the Rangers scored the other night. Brandon Hagel takes one off the face, and the puck just drops right in front of Ke- Keandre Miller. That's just bad luck. Um, so it's just, you know, Vassy needs to step up his game a little bit. He did better from game one, but game two still wasn't good enough. Uh, and I think that, ga- that second period flurry of shots that he took, I think, might help him get back into the groove of things. But I don't see a, a drastic change defensively for the Lightning. I think they have to operate as Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world, a uh, Hall of Famer, and we got to lean on him to help us in some desperate moments. And if he doesn't step up, that's it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going down with the big cat. So I, I, rather, I rather know that I did everything in my game plan and didn't have to overcompensate for one of the best versus trying to – tinker and save it. Evan, 10 seconds. Who wins tonight and who wins the series? Rangers win the series and uh, I'm going to say Rangers are the best value bet today. They just look like the better team. He is Evan Klosky, sports director at WTSP in Tampa, Florida. Evan, have fun covering the game later this afternoon. We'll talk soon, buddy. Thank you so much, fam. Anytime. All right. On the other side, a little would you rather NFL wide receivers next year on Betting Across America. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. (laughs) 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. So sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe hanging out here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out there in Colorado. We just had Evan Klosky on, the sports director at WTSP in Tampa, Florida, talking all things Game 3, Lightning Rangers, which is puck drop in about 75 minutes over there in Tampa. Uh, really good stuff there from Evan. I was kind of bullish on this Tampa team possibly getting back into the series, but the way he was sounding, he almost think that this might be the end of the line for the two-time defending cup champs. Well, and he mentioned all the injuries that not that they're out, but players. There are a couple of key injuries of key players that are out due to injury, but a number of guys that are just they're nowhere close to 100 percent and talked about all the shots that players had blocked in that Florida series. And, yeah, that's going to take a toll that throwing your body out. We talk about sacrificing your body and and they as many shots as they block that takes there's attrition there that takes a toll on your body and guys are just not playing at full speed out there for Tampa but you know it's still something that intangible where this is a team that even though they are banged up I think that adrenaline and then just that that fight to be a champion will push you through that where you know and there's other ways to get through injuries too I know it can hinder you as far as maybe some of your speed but you know there's things that happen that uh, you don't doesn't feel so doesn't feel so bad rolling into the game right hell I think of Nick Nolte <laughs> in North Dallas 40 hell I like needles yeah put it in there let's go I'm ready to go play so I, I think I just think they'll find a way I just still I just think they'll find a way this is a championship caliber team that's going back not caliber team I did one of my hell am I say this team has been there and done that the Rangers are trying to get there to do that I'm just not ready to I'm not going to lay that number it's too big of a number with the lightning at a dollar 75 dollar 80 I'm seeing mm-hmm. out here it's in some some books uh it's just a massive price and I think the numbers that's that's kind of cooked into that number because they have been the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions and if you want to believe that that championship that mindset plays out today, then you're going to have to pay for that. I wouldn't want to pay for that, but I also wouldn't want to bet against it in this sense because it's just it's so hard to knock off those champions when they're there. If they were if they were going to lay down, that would have happened earlier in the playoffs. So I think this team rallies and fights and 
finds a way to get through, and especially with Vasilevsky and what Vaz is able to do, what we've seen him be able to do. Um, but, yeah, we're going to have to find a few more. Or are there, I think this team will find some way to throw some more bodies on the ice to block some more shots and help Vas, mm-hmm. Vasilevsky back there as well. I kid you not, James, right at the start of this segment, Evan texted me. He says, extra nugget, Rangers money line today, and then hammer the bolts game four because they they're not going to get swept in this series. But he likes that plus 145 with the Rangers, okay. courtesy of BetMGM there. So maybe this is a almost a changing of the guard in the Eastern Conference, and we see that come to fruition later this afternoon. But like you mentioned, it's a backs-against-the-wall sort of effort with a championship pedigree team with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm really fascinated to see how that plays out. I'll have the hockey game on, and I'll have the Memorial Tournament on over on CBS or the final round. We're sweating out Cam Smith in that as he's five shots back of of Billy Horschel. But let's talk a little football here. We're midway through this segment. Let's get to what we want to talk about and play a little game of would you rather. We did this with the quarterbacks last week. Now we're going to do it with the pass catchers today. And the first option, this is a difficult one. I was looking at it last night, once again this morning. I was like, gosh, I really can't pick who I'd rather have. And it is newly acquired Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel. Which wide receiver would you rather have, James? Well, I guess it depends on what, what am I going to do with them? If I have them, oh, I get to have Brown and Samuel. Am I talking fantasy football here and act <laughs> at, you know, with numbers and what they're, how many touches are they going to get? Those types of things. I mean, they're both phenomenal talents. I think for Debo, San Francisco has maximized his talents, I think, because of all the injuries. And not that he hadn't been in the backfield before rushing the football, but because of all the injuries that happened to that 49ers backfield early in the season last year, really put more pressure, they they put more touches into Debo Samuel's hand. He's the best player on that team offensively. Find each and every way to be as creative as possible to get him the football and, in a sense, hey, let's just make it easy and put him in the backfield and hand the ball off to him and let him go bang. I think the the versatility that we've seen out of Samuel. Now he's not wanting to do that. He's going to want to get. He's trying to say, "I'm a wide receiver. You're run, pushing me like I'm a running back. I'm a receiver. I want to get paid." Uh, because he knows the longevity of running backs in this league, aside from Frank Gore, which we talked about earlier today, that's that that is a unicorn. Now we just don't see running backs have that kind of durability and that longevity in the NFL anymore. But for Samuel, if I'm between the two here, I like Debo Samuel here. I, I just think his and and not that AJ Brown is not a tough guy and he takes makes tough plays and tough catches. He absolutely does. But I think I have to when I when we go through these scenarios, Femi, I also have to look at the situations that they're in. Yeah. And what 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 is the focal point and the identity of that of that said and in this case here that offense and for San, for San Francisco it is going to be rushing the football we know what they do there with Shanahan it is going to be running the football big time question marks at the quarterback spot Garoppolo is he going to be there is he going to come back healthy is it going to be Lance who knows that's that's a lot to speculate over the next couple of months before we get to the season but on the other side AJ Brown uh, the the compliment that he brings to that offense in Philadelphia is going to be hopefully very well utilized but he is not going to be the focal point of that offense the way that Debo Samuel yeah. is. So if you're talking about from a numbers perspective and the importance to that particular offense, for me, it's definitely got to be Debo Samuel. Yeah, that, and that's kind of where I lean as well. Like Both guys, to me, why I was struggling with this, because I was like, okay, who's the guy that can stay healthy? Both have some durability issues. We saw A.J. Brown miss a number of games last year. Debo Samuel in the past has missed a number of games and was a little bit of banged up because of the attrition that is acquired on his body through playing wide back or whatever they're calling it, his receiver running back hybrid role. But with this 49ers team, especially when you look at their quarterback situation, whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo last year, we think it's going to be Trey Lance in 2022. Debo Samuel is ultra valuable to this team and to Kyle Shanahan. And to me, oftentimes no player is worth more than like a point or so to the point spread, but you can almost make an argument that Debo Samuel for the 49ers probably worth a point and a half. If you were to not play in a given game on a Sunday, like this is a guy that their offense goes based on how he plays. And he adds another dimension to what they're able to do on that side of the football. I completely agree because he is going to be, especially with, even if it's Garoppolo that's playing back there, this is still going to be a, a run first team. And if it's Trey Lance, for sure, this is going to be heavy run action. Now the fact that the the 49ers 
going into the season, hopefully all the injuries that they sustained to the, the running back core, they all be healthy. And so it won't be, uh, you won't see Samuel in the backfield nearly as much from that spot because of the, the injuries that they suffered last year and, and space him out and move him around and be creative with him. And Shanahan's great at being able to be, be mindful about how to best utilize Debo Samuel and his full Full set of skills. He's just such a physical player. He's not. A, here's another guy that's. He's not looking for the sideline. He's looking for that opponent. He's looking for that DB or that linebacker, and he's ready to initiate that contact. Love the way that he plays. Now, is that sustainable in the, in today's NFL to run like that against these guys and and take on that contact for a full 17 games? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. You mentioned the the past history with the injuries, but I just think as far as the the importance to the offense between these two when it comes to A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel, there's just no comparison. It is heavily towards the ladder there with Debo Samuel. San Francisco has to have him out there for and get plenty of touches both in the backfield and as a receiver for them to be successful offensively. Yeah, last year, Debo Samuel, he played in 16 games. Now, he was banged up towards the end of the season. Uh, in 2020, he was coming off the broken foot, so he only played in seven games. And as a rookie, he played in 15 games, but that's a rookie kind of a workload. And A.J. Brown last year played in 13 games, missing four of them with, I believe it was a hamstring injury that A.J. Brown was dealing with last year when the Titans, it felt like everybody was banged up for Tennessee during the midway point of the season, but they were still able to tread water, eventually get the number one seed in the AFC. And then in 2020 for A.J. Brown, missing two games there, playing in 14 of them. So these guys, durability is an issue. And uh, for me, when I'm looking at the long term, my only concern with Debo Samuel, you mentioned it, is the sustainability. Can he continue to be this durable? And even if he is durable, does he still have the same gas in the tank? Because like we see with running backs, even though they're still playing, you tend to see them lose a step just because they've taken so many hits. Maybe that's what ends up happening with Debo Samuel. He's going to try to get paid this offseason. All indications are that he will get paid. John Lynch, the general manager, has made it known that he would like to keep Debo Samuel because they know more than anybody knows, more than we know, more than the opponents know, how valuable Debo Samuel is to that 49ers offense. So we'll see if Debo Samuel can get his wish and get his money. On the other side, we talk about some more traditional wide receivers, guys who are out wide, and we're talking Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, next here on Betting Across America. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.